It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Wednesday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, one more piece that the Falcons offense needs to get more complete. We'll also talk about Grady having a career year and some strange Matt Olson splits. All next, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. Welcome into this hump day edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Don't forget Locked On Sport or Hitting Hard with John Chuckery is brought to you by Bet online. We ask you to head to youtube.com. Listen, 4,000 subscribers. We have hit the 4,000 number. We thank you greatly. Be a part of our growing community. Hit the subscribe button. Leave us a comment there. Don't forget, free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Download us for free today. Leave us a five star review. Don't forget, Amazon Fire, Roku, we're on those platforms as well. And then follow me at JMCH. 316. There's one missing piece for the Falcons offense. So when we look at the offense this year, obviously the offensive line has played well. We talked about Chris Lindstrom yesterday and how well he's played. We've talked about the running game as the transition from Matt Ryan and a heavy throw offense into a power running game is coming along greatly, right? Patterson, I believe now with Barkley's numbers the other night, I think he's third in the NFL in rushing, okay? And obviously the Falcons are running the football well. So offensive line coming together, you know, wide receivers, Drake London doing his thing. Look, you're getting plays out of Zacchaeus. You're getting plays out of Kadero Hodge. Mariota's been okay. Nothing great, nothing special, but he's not completely killing you, right? One piece that's missing, and that is getting Kyle Pitts in the end zone. So a couple of things to look at. So right now Pitts is on pace for 51 catches for 709 yards, okay? Obviously, that's a definite drop. His targets, which is interesting, we we were going to look at this very heavily. He's Right now, he's on pace for 102 targets. Now, I know he's coming off one of the highest targeted games of his career last week, but he's on pace for 102 targets. So that's a pretty good number, okay? The one problem is, though, we're now at one touchdown in 20 games and that was obviously the game against the Jets last year that was over in London look I'm not and I explained this I don't know a week couple weeks ago what happened like that not worried about what the overall number of targets for Pitts is going to be I expected it to go down this year 110 last year look they're not a throw first offense anymore so I expected that number to kind of come down I even talked about I expected his production to come down a little bit that his catches and yards would come down. You know, I said, look, if he's, you know, 850, 900 yards instead of a thousand, okay. But what had to increase and what they have to still get done is they have to find a way to get Kyle Pitts in the end zone. We keep talking about that a an unused weapon is a useless weapon. And, you know, I've been watching some of Baldy's breakdowns and, and he's obviously super high on the fact of, Patterson, London, Pitts is like the most dominant trio in the NFL and can't be stopped and nobody else should touch the, I mean, literally his quote was, nobody else should touch the football on the Falcons offense. And I know part of that's being 
facetious and all those kinds of things. But they have got to find a way to get Kyle Pitts in the end zone. Because, again, we can't have a discussion about how the red zone offense, how your scoring offense, and all those kinds of things are going to take that real next step. And I know the Falcons are averaging more points this year. We'll see what happens as they start to get into some really good defenses. This weekend's going to be a challenge. Obviously, San Francisco coming up. So they're going to play some really top-tier defenses over the next handful of weeks. So while the offense and the production is getting there and it's a different style and there's more scoring and things like that than in the previous year, if our offense is going to become one of the dynamic elite offenses, that is going to mean one more thing. That's Kyle Pitts in the end zone. Now, I don't care, okay, how it happens. You tell me he runs reverses. You tell me that they won, you know, they they uh, throw a little lob or an alley-oop. In the, I don't care what it is. And I don't want to hear that he's double-teamed and all this. Every good player is double-teamed when you get down in the red zone, right? It's not stopped Alan, Adam Thielen and, and some of these other guys, you know, Stephon Diggs. It's not stopped any of those guys from scoring touchdowns. So that's the one piece that this offense has got to try to figure out is finding a way to challenge a defense with Kyle Pitts down deep. And look, we've talked about the fact that Mariota's best deal is that one read and throw, right? Drop back, one read, throw. That's how that's how London's gotten both of his touchdowns. Quick hit, one read, throw to London, let him go do his thing. Let Pitts do his thing. If that means throw it short and let Pitts run, fine. I don't care how, as I like to say, I don't care how the watch was made. Just tell me what time it is. I don't care about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. And that's the one piece of this offense that they, for whatever reason, can't figure out. Because all the other top-tier guys in the league figure it out. You know, it's not like the Buccaneers don't have two outstanding wide receivers, but they figured out what their guys it's not like the Buffalo Bills haven't figured it out with Stephon Diggs. It's not like the, the Vikings don't figure it out with Jefferson and D-line and those guys. Teams figure it out. You, you have to get your best and most effective weapon, the football, where it counts most. And if the Falcons can find a way to get Kyle Pitts in the end zone now, now you're talking about this offense takes a whole other step. Because London obviously looks like he's going to be a dynamic player and especially as you get down in the red zone, he can do a lot of things. He's big enough, physical enough, quick enough in a short stretch like that, and, and a good enough route runner that he can get open and make plays down there. We've seen a couple touchdowns already. He's already elapsed. Listen, it's crazy to think Drake London in three games has more career touchdowns than Kyle Pitts does. That's not supposed to happen. And, again, I don't want to hear from people, okay, well, you know, he's blocking, and well, he's a decoy. Hogwash. We used that term yesterday. Let's bring it back up. Let's go back old school. Hogwash. You don't have Kyle Pitts to be a decoy and a blocker and all that kind of stuff. I could have drafted a 1,000 other guys at number four if that's what my goal was. My goal at number four is I have a guy who's a complete mismatch. My goal is that I have a guy who's like Jeremy Graham in his prime years and Tony Gonzalez that are mismatches that defenses can't figure out how to guard. It shouldn't be that all the defenses have figured out how to keep Pitts out of the end zone. It should be defenses can't figure out how to stop Pitts in the end zone, right? 
Like that's what you draft a guy at number four is to have that opposite effect. Not, well, every defense has figured out Pitts. We know how to keep him out of the end zone. No. So if they can find that one piece of their offense, then we can talk about how good and how dynamic this group could be. And whether that's Mariota, Ritter, Stroud, Young, whatever the quarterback picture is, if you're going to have Patterson running the football, offensive line blocked, and you get London and Pitts going down in the red zone in the end zone, and you've got plays from Zacchaeus and Hodge and some of these guys, there's no reason why that the Falcons, with that one little fix, can't be a top-tier offense in the NFL. I want to talk about my friends over at BetOnline. Listen, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports wagering information, right? NFL cranked up tomorrow. College football, big weekend coming up in the world of college football. Obviously, baseball. We're down to our last couple of series. Braves about to have their most important series, the series that will define the division coming up this weekend. God willing, with the hurricane, be safe out there, everybody. But BetOnline.net is your source for all of your information that you need. Head there, take your mobile device and head there today. Sports news, e-betting, scores, podcast info, whatever you need is right at the in your hand at your fingertips at BetOnline.net. So head there today, get all the information that you need to be a smarter, better. BetOnline.net is where the action starts. One guy for the Atlanta Falcons that's gotten off to a good start this season has been Grady Jarrett. Now, we talked all through the offseason that I, I did not want to see the Falcons go into his walk year and play it out and see what happens in, in this, then, and the other. And the Falcons went in this offseason. They got Grady the extension, and he's going to be here for a long time. And we talked about their defensive line having to find pieces around Grady, right? I thought that they'd be better on the outside. If, if for nothing else, and, and this is becoming obviously very true about the Atlanta Falcons, you could stick anybody you could stick any joe bag of donuts vagabond you know any any goofball that's not named stephen means or jalen mayfield or dante fowler and get better results for it literally you could put anybody in the league besides those three guys into a certain position and you'll get more production so carter abikati ogundaje we're fine i think on the outside for now We'll see if we get more production, and this will be a huge test this weekend that will break down on Friday. But we talked about the interior of that defensive line, and I think we thought, okay, Marlon Davidson is going to be a piece in this, then the other. Maybe Taquan Graham can step up and do some things. Well, Marlon Davidson's on IR and not getting, obviously, anything done, and I'm not sure if he's going to be back next week or, or not. But certainly Taquan Graham has done a nice job of stepping up and taking that next step forward. And it's helped out Grady. And you're starting to see the, 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 you know, the fruits of the labor of Grady Jarrett. So here's what Grady is on pace for, okay? He's on pace, and I understand this is three games and it's pace, but these are good signs for what's supposed to be arguably my best defensive player. The guy who a few years ago was looked at as one of the top three or four interior defensive linemen in the league. It was Aaron Donald who's above everybody in the history of the league, and then you get into the next group of people. Well, Grady was in that next group from there. So Grady's pace. He's on pace for 14 sacks. He's on pace to have 62 tackles. He's on pace to have 17 quarterback hits. And this is the stat that I love. He's on pace for 23 
tackles for loss. Now, just to give you some perspective about Grady Jarrett and what he's done in his career, okay? 2019 is when he set his personal high in sacks, seven and a half, okay? That also was his best tackle year when it was 69. That was um, his second best uh, quarterback hits year because in 2020, in the pandemic year, he had 21 quarterback hits. And his best tackle for loss year was in 2017 when he had 15 tackles for loss. So he's on pace to have some of his best numbers. And look, could not have come at a better time right? As we're trying to take that next step forward on defense and trying to figure some things out. If you have a guy, and let's just say that instead of 14 sacks, let's say if Grady does find a way to get to 10 sacks, okay? If you have an interior defensive lineman that gets you double digit sacks, forget Aaron Donald and the 15, 18, 20, forget all that. That's that's not realistic. Only one guy ever, ever. I've I've been here a half a century on this earth. Nobody is Aaron Donald. And nobody ever was, nobody ever is, nobody ever will be Aaron Donald. But if you have a defensive lineman, interior guy, that's a double-digit sack guy, that is one of the best and rarest commodities in the NFL. We can talk about a lot of things, quarterback and this and that and other. But when you talk about things that are dinosaur or dodo birds or whatever other extinct animal that there is, interior defensive linemen who can record double-digit sacks. We saw this with Eric Armstead a couple of years ago for the 49ers, guy that got 10 sacks and part of that great defensive line with Bosa and all these guys and Barner and all these guys, right? And that was when they had um, uh, the guy that played, uh, uh, Buckner, the guy that uh, is in Indianapolis now. So if you have a guy that can be double-digit sacks and he's going to give you 20 tackles for loss, Grady Jarrett will be an all-pro player. Not just Pro Bowl, because he's been he's been Pro Bowl multiple times. He has been a second-team All-Pro. He will be an all-pro player. And it couldn't have come at a better time. He's having an outstanding start this season. Already two and a half sacks on the year. Already a handful of tackles for loss. When he can get in the backfield and blow up plays, that's where he, when he can get through some guys, he is a wrecker in the backfield against teams. That's the thing about Grady. It's not always been about the sacks. Look, if he has six or seven sacks, you'll take that all day long, right? Think about last year, we only had 18. So if you're telling me he gets six or seven sacks by himself, that makes up a third of what we had last year. But his skill is getting in the backfield and blowing plays up. And you saw that on Sunday with the sack, where he gets through the defensive line. And and obviously, the more that these guys around him can help him out, because Grady's going to get double teamed. That's just the reality of it. Go back last year. There's a great clip out there of the Falcons and the Lions when they were at Mercedes-Benz, okay? And there's a great clip of Grady Jarrett talking to the, he's mic'd up, and he's talking to the uh, offensive line of of the Lions. And they were triple teaming him. And he's like, man, how many guys are you going to send at me? How many more guys are you going to try to block me with? You know why you do that? Because you got the ultimate jabrones of the world that stand around him. Steven Means, Dante Fowler, with all due respect, Marlon Davidson, Tyler Davison. When you got all those mooks that are standing around you, 
That's what's going to happen. They're going to double and triple team your best player, and none of those guys can make a play. So I don't need Ogundeji, Ebikati, Carter, Taquan Graham. I don't need all those guys to be pro bowlers in first team all NFL. I'd love them to be. I, I would love for every one of those guys to be first team all NFL. But I don't need them to be all that. I need them to be effective enough that defenses have to account for them. And it's not Stephen Means starting the season all year for you, and he records three quarterback hits and no sacks. It's Marlon Davidson looking like he's lost out there in the field. It's Tyler Davidson who's way past his prime. It's Dante Fowler who's, you know, about as useless as I won't even say. It's a family-friendly show. So Grady's off to a great start for this defense. And I wondered what kind of bounce back year Grady would have. Because let's face it, defensively, this team had all of its issues and struggles and things like that last year. And I think we're seeing now how much of that was personnel related. Because it's not just those guys, right? It's the Fabian Moreau's of the world. Eric Harris, Deron Harmon. Look at that defensive roster from last year. That is the biggest collection of vagabonds, maybe in the history of the league. I don't, the, the NFL's been around for what, a hundred something years? I don't know if there's ever been a bigger collection of vagabonds than what that group was last year. So you get some personnel around Grady, and now all of a sudden you see that, okay, Grady's still got something in the tank. And he's coming back and showing you that he really is the leader of this defense. I don't know what Grady's going to end up at, but this is an outstanding start, and it could not have happened at a better time, and you could not have asked for something better than to see Grady Jarrett get back to a top-tier level. I want to talk about my friends over at Coffee AM. Listen, you know how much I love these folks. CoffeeAM.com is the best small-batch coffee roaster in America. They're right here in the state of Georgia, up in the Canton area. I'm very familiar with that area up there. Listen, here's what I want you to do. You got the coffee lover in your life or even yourself, okay? Head to coffeeam.com backslash locked on. Coffeeam.com backslash locked on. When you get there, go through their extensive menu of products. You need K-Cups, they got it. You want organic coffees, they got that. You want flavor, cool, they've got all of that. Everything available. You want tea, that's available. You need a little gift set for some, they got all that. So check out their menu of products today. Put that first order together at coffeeam.com. When you get that first order put together and you get to the checkout, use the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, locked on. Use that promo code at checkout and you'll get 15% off that first order simply by using the promo code locked on, L O C K E D O N, at checkout. Use that promo code today on that first order. Coffee AM is the best small batch coffee roaster in America and right here in the state of Georgia. You know, we've talked a good bit about Matt Olson on the show here and the up and down nature of his season. Hasn't had the year defensively that we thought. He's got the good power numbers, hoping for maybe some more runs driven in, did hit the home run the other night. But in this quirky kind of crazy world that Matt Olson has been in, you would hope a guy like that, when you talk about the Marlins and the Nationals and the Phillies to some extent, right? Phillies are okay, but I don't think the Phillies are great, and their pitching staff isn't all that great. Marlins and Nationals stink. They're the dregs of the universe. And the Mets are obviously outstanding because their two top guys are, are 
you know, high caliber, high level. But what's great, one of the crazy things that I came across about Matt Olson's splits this year is this. When he plays against teams that have a 500 or better winning percentage, so teams above 500 this year, he's hit 22 points better than against teams below 500. He's got an on-base that's 28 points higher, and he's got a slugging percentage that's 27 points better. And his OPS is 54 points better against the really good teams versus the scabs. Now, he's hit more homers against the bad teams, 17 homers to 12, but part of that is just the number of at-bats and plate appearances. But it's crazy because he's played 88 games against teams below 500 and 67 games against teams above 500. But his production, when you look at per game and different things like that, and some of the metrics, is better against the good teams. And you would think that a guy like Olsen would thrive and, and just you know tear up teams like the Nationals and the Marlins and things like that. And obviously the Braves, look, one more left with the with the Nationals. Matt Olson this year is hitting 270 or 250, excuse me, with a 796 OPS. He's got four homers and 12 RBI against the Nationals. He's got 18 strikeouts against the Nationals with only 18 hits. He's had as many strikeouts as he's had hits against the Nationals. And then obviously we got the Mets coming up and then it's the Miami Marlins to finish off the year. This and this is his numbers against the Marlins this year. He's hitting a buck 83 with a 692 OPS. 3 homers, 10 RBI. He has 11 hits and 18 strikeouts against the Marlins. Well, the Marlins have a good pitch there. No, the Marlins have a good pitcher. They have one guy who's dominant. Okay? They have one guy who's outstanding, Alcantara, who probably will win the Cy Young. But he's got 69 total plate appearances against the Marlins. So he hasn't seen Alcantara 69 times this year. This, again, is one of those things that it's hard to wrap your arms around the season that Matt Olson has had. Look, 30 and 100 is nothing to sneeze at, right? But it doesn't feel like we've seen the best of Matt Olson. And, and this is not about Freddie Freeman. This is laser focused in on Matt Olson and what his production is. Because again, he played against bad teams last year. He played in a tougher park to hit in. All of those things like, you know, well, you know, he's coming over the National League and it's a different league. All right, well, ask Mookie Betts that. Because when Mookie Betts came from the Red Sox to the Dodgers, he went from one of the best hitters parks in baseball to one of the worst hitters parks in baseball. And all he did was finish second in the MVP voting and lead his team to a World Series. Now, listen, maybe Olsen's going to lead this team to another World Series. I'll take it all day long. But I thought it was crazy the fact that he's had much more struggles against the dregs of the universe than he's had against the better teams. Now, it's not like that he's crushing the New York Mets. He's only hitting 213. But if you think about it, you know, he's 30 points better in his batting average 
against the Mets than he is the Marlins. And he's over 50 points better in his OPS against the Mets than the Marlins. That's good, obviously, for right now because the Mets are coming up this weekend. And look, while he's not been outstanding against the Mets, but hell, he's better against the Mets than he is the Marlins. We hope that's a good sign. You know, against the Marlins this year, he's got three homers and 10 RBI. Against the Mets this year in two less plate, two less plate appearances, he's got four homers and 14 RBI. Now, the one thing he's done a lot against the Mets is strikeout. He's got 22 strikeouts. You expect that. You face Scherzer, DeGrom, Carrasco, and those guys, you're going to strike out a whole bunch, right? But the fact that he's been more productive against the better teams than he has the worst teams, I don't know what to make of that. Because that's a good sign, I guess, headed toward the playoffs. Because you're not, guess what you're not going to see in the playoffs? The Marlins, the Pirates, the Nationals, all the dregs of the universe. You're going to see all the top teams. Well, you know, if it's wild card, you'll see the Padres or Phillies or somebody. And then the Dodgers and then, you know, maybe the Mets, whatever. So at, at least from headed toward the postseason, and maybe this is, you know, we're looking for reasons and signs to say, okay, here's how the Braves are set up and ready to go and things like that. Maybe Olsen performing better against teams over 500 will pay dividends when it comes to be playoff time. Maybe that will pay some dividends this weekend against the Mets. Because obviously, it's pretty much do or die against the Mets, right? Because one thing, too, is remember, the Braves also don't have the tiebreaker against the Mets. The, the Braves are, they probably have to sweep to get the tiebreaker back and everything against the Mets coming up this weekend. And weather's going to play, obviously, a big factor in what's going to happen, especially Friday night. Hopefully they get the game in. And look, I know people are talking about they should relocate. That's ridiculous. That you don't you don't pull these games out of the home team stadium right now. You can do that in June. You don't do that now with a pennant on the line. Okay, sorry, but I mean, if that means you have to wait a couple of days and change up the schedule, then you wait a couple of days because a hurricane's not going to be here for the next six weeks. You wait a few days and then all that. And if it means that the playoff schedule gets moved, then so be it. Because you have to you have to do what's fair in the world of baseball. Sorry. And you don't want to play double headers right now or anything like that. So again, I think baseball will err on the side of caution because of the importance of this series. And hopefully they get it in. Hopefully we don't have to worry about all of this. We'll see what it looks like on Friday. Obviously, all these football games that are being impacted down there in Florida, everybody's changing some things around. South Carolina changed their game and all this, that, and the other. So we'll see what happens with it. But maybe it's a good sign that Matt Olson is 30 points better against the Mets than he is the Marlins. Maybe it's a good sign for playoff baseball that he's performed at a higher level against the teams over 500 than he has the dregs of the universe. I'm looking for anything to tell me Matt Olson's about to turn it up and be the guy that we thought that he would be. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trucker your first listen every day. Make ATL Day 1's your second listen every day. My friends Jarvis Davis and Tanitra Batiste talking about all things in the heart of the city of Atlanta. They are free and available on our YouTube page. Subscribe today. We are now officially over 4,000 subscribers. We thank you greatly 
for all of that. We are free and available on all your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify, Spotify and Odyssey. Download us, leave us a five-star review. Follow me on my Twitter page at JMSH316. And don't forget, Amazon Fire, Roku, we're there as well. Back with you tomorrow on a Thursday edition. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 